everybody. Welcome back to Student Pilot Journal. This is going to be episode number 24. Today is Sunday, November 16th, 2008. Uh, today I want to do something a little different to kind of answer some of those questions I get. I get this uh, same question asked via email all the time, and that's how I record the podcast, uh, whether it be capturing audio or capturing video. So I kind of wanted to go through right now and show you some of the things that I, I use to capture both the video and the audio. Behind me here is the Clubs 172. Uh, normally in my training, the most of the videos you saw, you saw the Cessna 152. So I'll kind of reference some things I did in the 152, but uh, for the most part, uh, everything is going to apply just the same. First off, I want to talk about the camera mount that I used in most of the episodes. Um, this is a camera mount made by StickyPod. This is what I used for most of the filming in uh, the 152. I have a couple other or one other mount that I'll show you in a minute, but for now let's look at this uh, StickyPod. You can go to their website, www.stickypod.com. This one here is the StickyPod dash cam. It's about $120. Uh, it has a nice sturdy uh, mounting base and has uh, three very strong suction cups, provided that you keep them um, clean before each uh, application. Um, the standard setup comes with these uh, different arms, and you've got, uh, yeah, whatever we call these. What I do most of the time when I'm doing my intro shots, as far as my introductions in the car, if you see me driving, I usually take this piece off, this comes off, and I attach it right here. So it kind of, and it's got a suction cup on the top here. So I just set it on the dash, and then I suction cup it to the uh, glass. And on the website, he's got it on a Porsche, and you can kind of see the similar um, way that I mount it. And when I come back and I go to mount in the airplane, I take that piece off, put it back together, and, and generally it's about like you see it right here. Uh, some of the issues might, you might come across is if you've got a real heavy camera, like um, mine's not too heavy, it's the, the HC1, the Sony HDR HC1, I think that's what it is. Um, anyway, that one tends to, the way it was up in the, in the 152, the camera after a nice hard landing and training, this would come down. Um, but if these get wore out, plenty of, plenty of uh, ways you can get these replaced. You can add more uh, extensions and everything. So that's the sticky pod dash cam. Um, in addition to the sticky pod, um, when I took my friend Jason up, who is, uh, who is the guy who's behind the camera right now, so I appreciate him filming this. Um, he's got this one, and this is the one we used here on the 172. The nice thing about this is it's a very quick setup. Um, you know, the sticky pod takes a little bit to get, uh, to get going. And this one here has got a nice short arm, so you're not really uh, worried about too much about things uh, falling over. Um, the, you know, the, the more extensions you have, uh, the, the more weight that it, the easier it is to fall down. Um, this one's nice because you just plop it up to the window, lock it in place. When you want to get it off, just unlock it, pull the tab down here to get it off the window. The other great thing about this is you can swivel it just about anywhere just because of the hardware that's on it. There's a lot of different configurations that you can do. This is the other mount that I was talking about. This is the one that I bought for specifically for the iPhone 3G. Um, they have another mount just for the uh, the iPhone that uh, the original iPhone. Um, these were back ordered for a long time, so we finally got one in, and this is great. I'm going to show you a couple applications on the iPhone that I use for aviation. Here's the audio cable I use. I get this question asked most: um, is how I capture uh, audio during the podcast. You can get this at Aircraft Spruce. I'll go ahead and put a link on the, on the website and I'll also post it right here. 
okay? And then uh, on one end, you've got the part that goes into the camera. So it just goes right into the audio port on the camera and you can see that I've got this, you know, suctioned onto the side of the 172. Obviously that's gonna be right on the back of my head, but I just wanted to show it here just for, uh, for this podcast. But if you look back in the back here, if you can, Jason, <laughs> Uh, you know, if you imagine just a single window on the 152, okay, this right here, actually, it probably looks the same. I just can't remember. I haven't flown the plane in a while. Um, I kind of, I would suction this up to this side and kind of point it as high as possible just to get over the nose. So we kind of, you can see some of the earlier podcasts that it was, it was really difficult to see over the nose. So we kind of positioned it up and that's why it was at such a strange angle and sometimes it would fall. Um, because this piece right here would get would get fairly weak, um, especially on a hard landing, and it would just fall from there. But thanks to my uh, instructor, he would be nice enough to pull it back up. Um, but anyway, this is not my camera, but just for uh, the the podcast, I wanted to at least show it as a, a quick setup, and it's pretty stable. You know, I don't have these things tightened down that much. But anyway, this right here plugs into the side, and then you've got this end here, and you might want to go ahead and put that seat back, Jason. Um, this part right here, you just put it right in to here, which will leave you a little spot here to plug in the wrong end. This leaves a little spot right here to plug this in. So now you've got everything coming from the intercom system right into your, uh, right into your camera. Uh, now it only comes in mono and that kind of confused me. Uh, when I went to edit, I only saw one side, so I called the company up, but uh, that is by design. But all you got to do when you're editing is just pretty much just combine the tracks into one, and that's what I've done. Uh, I use Sony Vegas for most of the stuff. I've kind of transitioned over to the Mac, and I've been using Final Cut Express trying to learn that, but it's the same principle. Combine the audios, uh, audio into one single channel. For the podcast, it really doesn't matter for really super high-quality but, um, but it's really good. I would not suggest that you make your own uh, only because, unless you're into that kind of stuff, but you know, for $35, for $35, you really can't uh, beat that. So that's the audio cable I use. For this next portion of podcast, I wanted to feature two products uh, by Forflight. Uh, the first one here is Forflight Checklist. Their first one to come out was the Forflight Mobile and I'll talk about them in a few minutes. But this is how I'm going to use uh, the mount that I purchased from Ram Mount. Um, if you look over here, you've got, um, let's go ahead and tap that. You've got four flight checklist, okay? Uh, and as always, um, I just want to say this, always review checklists to ensure they include at least the normal procedures printed in your aircraft's documentation or information manual. Um, this is not a complete substitution for paper checklist. So I uh, wanted to give that, and that was pretty much directly off of uh, four flight. Um, and, and that goes as well for, for the Forflight mobile portion, is that, uh, you know, it's not to take uh, the place of an approved FAA uh, flight briefing from DUOT or DUOT. So uh, definitely just, just uh, supplemental material. Um, for this one, you can get this, and I believe it's, I want to say it's $20 in the App Store. And this is Forflight Checklist. Uh, it's great, you know, obviously in the 172 and the 152, most of the smaller planes, there's not a lot to remember. Um, you know, in training, of course, uh, it's easy to, to forget some of the stuff, but for the most part, you know, you can memorize them, but this is going to train you for 
uh, things later on that you will need some extensive checklists for, and they do have templates for that. First off, we've got this sync button right here. And the sync button's nice because it syncs all your checklists up to ForeFlight. So in the event of uh, some kind of crash or whatever, you can get your, your, all the changes that you made. They're completely editable, uh, which is great because every checklist that I've come across, some clubs and some uh, flight schools have, have edited those checklists just for their aircraft. Uh, all the different variations of the 172s, the 152s, or 172s for the most part. But if you come up here, um, this is a standard template here that I've chosen, but you can go up, I've got all three planes, I've got the Archer, I've got our 152, and I've got the 172, which I'm sitting in right now. If you hit the plus sign, it asks for your tail number, you put that in, how it goes through, it has uh, Beechcraft, Cessna, all these, uh, Cirrus, Columbia, um, blank templates. Let's go back to my uh, checklist here. I'll cancel that. I'm going to go into my uh, 183 Sierra Papa, which is what I'm flying now. Um, click on that. Each, beside each one of these is, is a radio button that has uh, the status of, of each checklist that you go through. So let's just cut right down to it and let's go to uh, engine start off. Uh, you've already done the pre-flight inspection, so you actually you can go in here, just show you what you can do. You can click on each one of these, cabin check, okay, and if you look, you can go through here, um, check each part that you do, okay. You see this says done, we, we go to done here, cabin check, okay. Had I not checked something, there would be a partial uh, circle here, so which is nice because you go through and say, oh, man, I, I think I forgot something on the checklist. You go back through and you do it, okay? If you wanted to reset, go right here, reset all, all right? So we're going to go ahead and we'll leave that like that, do our walk around, same kind of thing. And each one of these, if you, uh, if you go up the edit button, you just go in here and you can either remove them or you can edit them. Um, you can also go over to, you can add more, like if you look at this, there's nothing, there's not a blue arrow here. These right here mean that they have uh, more information available, okay? So you can click on that, at, you know, edit that as well, okay? You can also skip, skip, okay? And then go back to your pre-flight, now you have a partial, all right? So we're going to go over here, same kind of principle for in-flight, in-route climb, okay? Shows you for this, a 70 to 85 uh, knots. So, nice thing. You can imagine there's not much else to explain on it, only because uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. In-flight emergencies, same thing. Red button here, engine failures. Okay, takeoff roll failure. Throttle idle. Okay, chances are if you're that low, if you're at a low altitude, you're not going to be bringing that checklist. These should be, uh, you should have these committed to memory anyway. And for the, as altitude permits, then you'll have some of the more detailed checklists. Um, it just kind of depends on what situation you're in. So that's four flight checklists. Great little product from them. And uh, I'm really glad these guys put this stuff out. Okay, the next thing I want to show you is the four flight mobile. And this is also in the app store. Um, this one here is a little more pricey, but for what it does, um, I think it's great. You know, uh, it's it's $69.99, so let's just say $70, bucks, you are going to get a, a, a nice full-featured application. I use this all the time, uh, never in place of an actual uh, briefing like I was telling you in the beginning, but as a, as a good supplemental um, application. 
Um, the app has been updated probably, I'd say, three or four times since I purchased it. I see a lot of people, first thing they do, and if you have an iPhone, you'll understand. You see the first complaint everybody makes, whether it's $5, $10, $200, is app is overpriced. But let me tell you, is that I had, uh, for my BlackBerry, I had Pilot MyCast, which was $10 a month. So you know where I'm going here. $10 a month, I used that for a year, and it wasn't anywhere near featured, uh, full featured like this product is. And you know, within seven months, it, it pays for itself. So if you're doing a subscription base. Plus, once you do it, it's yours. They're gonna update it for free. So stop complaining. Um, the biggest thing, <laughs> biggest thing I use is, is the weather on it. So it's nice, um, depending on your altitude and, uh, and, and how fast you're going. I've, I've uh, you know, you, you can use it in the air, uh, provided you got a nice signal. Uh, 3G, of course, is going to be the, on the iPhone, is going to be the better and the faster uh, um, signal. So, so right here, here it is. I got, make sure you turn your, turn your radio back on, like I forgot to do. Uh, I'm in the search feature, so I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, tap this guy here. Type MLB for Melbourne. It's going to go ahead and search. Wait a second here, and it will pull up everything on Melbourne that it has. It has an airport diagram. It'll have uh, the FBO information, hotel information. As you can see, alerts. It even has your sectional here. Uh, let's look on the chart. It takes a second to come up here. Um, every time they do a revision, though, they're adding stuff that's making it faster to browse through. Okay, um, the standard features don't really work here as far as your, your pinch stuff, but you can kind of see at least what your, your, your minimum altitude is. And it looks like I just did something that uh, probably I wasn't aware that it does. Um, anyway, yeah, okay, it actually goes to Sky Vector. Okay, let's go ahead and go back to the info. If I look in here, and you can see all this on the website, they show a pretty good demo of it as airport diagram. So you can pull up the airport diagram in there, uh, airport facility directory, um, things like that. So if I were to, to tilt it over, I could see it a little better. And you can pinch and zoom here. Okay, and you can go, scroll over here. Yeah, that's true. So my, let's move out of the way. So I can get in closer here. Okay, and that's not working, but uh, hey, there you go. All right, so one of the better things here, my first thing that I usually do, because for Melbourne especially, I know all the frequencies. So I come in here and I'll go to WX for the weather, flips it over, comes into my current uh, METAR right here. Pulls it up, we've got uh, 320 at eight knots at 10 statute miles, and uh, we're, we're all clear, it's a nice day today. It has nearby observation, we have Patrick Air Force Base right over here, so it has their, uh, their METAR as well. We can go to forecast, which is nice. We've got at uh, 1400, which is what, that is 10 o'clock. Uh, we have 15, gusting 23, uh, six statute miles, sky is clear. Um, did I say 330? Yeah, okay, I did. All right, so you get the picture here, nice quick thing. And, and if you look, if you go up to do a standard DOATS briefing, it's going to pull up the same thing. But that's, I always use that as a backup, especially coming close to a flight. That's the one thing you want to do because then it's recorded that you have accessed their system. Winds, you kind of get the picture, same kind of thing. Uh, 3,000 feet, we got 350 at uh, 16 knots. So I click over to radar. And it's pretty nice because, you know, when you're waiting all this, you can run through the screens tap through everything you want to do and it'll pull it up. It's, it's defaulted here at uh, this zoom. You can go all the way out, okay, if you want, and get the whole area here. It is provided by Weather Underground, so 
you know, I've heard a lot of people say, everything in here I can get on the iPhone for free. But let me tell you, it's, an, it's a nice time saver when you're flying in. And I, I've had something where someone else has, has grabbed it and it's low, we're, we're at enough, low enough altitude that I can quickly see, uh, you know, what's going on. So, um, but like, like everybody tells you, just fly the airplane first. So aviate first before you do anything else. Um, and okay, in that, let's see, let's go back to close. Um, it has the recent function, which I go to often because I'm always going to the same thing. So it has Melbourne International. It'll start refreshing here and it will pull up. These will change depending on what the weather is around. It'll change to VFR, marginal VFR, and uh, IFR conditions. It'll go green, blue for marginal, and uh, red for IFR. Um, and uh, I'll give you a quick summary so you can at least do this. You'll click on Melbourne, and once again, it takes you right to where we just came from. Um, it has imagery, imagery up here, okay, which will have the latest surface analysis, so it'll give all your prog charts, your Doppler, Anything you can think of that's on, for example, aviationweather.gov, it's got everything right there. So we've got uh, latest surface analysis. I'll go here. We just had a high-pressure system come in. So if you look, you can see here, not much zooming, but you get the picture. looks just like it. You can see we're surrounded here by good weather. Um, uh, let's see. Let's go back. Routes. It has a routes function here. And if you look, I have uh, one that I put in a while back. You just type under routes, if you go here and you just type in the window, this one I think was marathon uh, key, right here I could go, you can just type in the search window, MTH, MLB, with a space in the middle. Nice little thing so you can see how far it is if you're gonna make those uh, cross country uh, requirements like I'm trying to do. Flight plan, you can go in here and you can actually file a flight plan in here. I haven't done this yet. Most of the time I find myself up there uh, you know, uh, with simple VFR stuff, I get flight following, as you've heard, and that seems to be sufficient for me for now, but we'll try it later on. Maybe it'll come in handy on some of the instrument stuff. Um, but that right there is the gist of ForeFlight Mobile. You can see more on their website at www.foreflight.com, F-O-R-E-F-L-I-G-H-T.com. Those guys are great. If you haven't heard about my transponder, just like MySpace, there's a, a beta, well, I'm not sure if they're taking new, new people yet. They had a beta test of about 500 people, but it's www.mytransponder.com. Great website to collaborate with a bunch of different people that are using this. So um, anyway, that's all I got.